Let's join together, and, and I, as I read from Mark chapter 5, verse 20, beginning at verse 21 for today. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, and yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around against you, his disciple answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said, Talith Koham, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. And at this, at, at this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. And he told them to give her something to eat. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Tim. Good morning, everybody. Am I on? Am I? I don't know. I know. It doesn't sound like I'm on. Am I on? Yeah, okay. All right. I'm on. I'm on. Perfect. We got it nailed down. All right. Uh, what a passage we have this morning. Hmm. Let's see if this morning we can enter into the fullness of what this passage has to say and offer to us. Uh, let me start with a story. <laughs> Earlier this fall, I was illustrating the idea of telling the good news about Jesus, and talking about Jesus is like talking about your favorite pizza. That was the illustration. I was talking about pizza, and in the moment, I got kind of carried away with the pizza metaphor, and I was like just lost in pizza heaven. The, the, the crunchiness of that thin crust and the honey chili drizzle that gives it that sweetness and that spicy kick that's just right. And I didn't realize it, but I had really ignited a fuse in people's appetites. And so it turns out that I have a friend that works at this pizza place called Corner Pizza that I was highlighting. And uh, I later went there, was visiting, and my friend goes, are you the pastor? Are you the pastor? And I go, what, what are you talking about? 
We had people coming out the door. I mean, it was like we got blitzkrieged with this huge rush of people wanting the Killer Bee pizza. <laughs> She's like, we ran out. We were just like, what was going on? We weren't ready for the rush. And people kept saying, oh, our pastor told us about this pizza we got to have. <laughs> so I caused a little bit of a crisis for the restaurant. Um, but I think it was a good crisis. Uh, the point is, that it's fascinating how in this moment, uh, I shared a story about an experience that I had, and that story ignited a fuse in people's hearts, in their stomachs. It started in their imagination, and then it moved to their stomach, and they had to have that pizza. And for those who were willing, had ears to hear and eyes to see, they went and tasted the good news of the Killer Bee pizza at the Corner Pizza. We're going to talk about the gospel of Jesus and how the gospel of Jesus is a lot like that. Think about it for a minute. I share a story, and the end result is a personal lived experience with something that was delicious. And we're going to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power that hearing the story of what Jesus has done in history on the cross and what he does in our lives can ignite the fuse of faith in us so that we can have an experience with the power of God's goodness in our life to heal our bodies, to heal us in our emotions, and to heal our spirits. Would you like to hear that good news? That's what this story is about. Let's uh, review what we've been looking at. We've been looking at Jesus doing incredible things. Jesus has, if you go back a couple of weeks, we've watched him calm the storm on a raging night on the Sea of Galilee with just a word. Then we watched Jesus kick out a legion of demons out of a tormented man's life and restore peace of mind to him in a way that was so startling that the people of the community were freaked out and asked Jesus to leave. Which really shows us God will never impose his goodness on our life. Which is also a terrifying thought, that we can reject God's goodness in our life. But this weekend, we're looking at two more stories. The story of Jesus healing a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, has gotten to the end of her rope, has spent all she has, and she is desperate. And then to go to, I mean, the, the depths of the most impossible situation, this father comes to Jesus, and his daughter is not just on the point of death, but the story captures where the daughter dies. The unthinkable happens. She dies. This father's worst fear comes to pass. And Jesus has the gall, the audacity to look at him and say, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, if you consider these four stories, they are real memories in the life of Peter watching Jesus, but they are orchestrated and organized by Mark in, with purpose and with design. These four stories highlight the, the range and the scope of Jesus's redemptive purpose and what he is going to accomplish on the cross. It demonstrates his authority over the forces of nature. Think about the devastation of hurricanes in Florida. It demonstrates his authority over the forces of evil. Demonstrates his authority and his power over 
the most devastating diseases and sickness, and even his authority and power over death itself. Do you see that? And here Mark is laying out the full breadth, the full range of the implications of his good news to us. How far does his good news go? How far does it go in your life? And who is it for? That's what Jesus is demonstrating right now. Now, what is Jesus' purpose? What is he here to do? It looks like he's there to heal every sick person, but he's not. He wants to heal, and he's going to heal, and he heals us today, but that's not the biggest purpose and the ultimate thing he's committed to. That matters to him, but he's got a bigger purpose. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Turn in your books to to early on. Just go there. Go there. Chapter 1, I want you to look at verses 14 and 15. Look what it says here. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. Now look, he says, uh, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. There it is. That is his purpose. That is what Jesus has come to do. He's come to proclaim that good news, and he has come to demonstrate it. He didn't just come Um, with a lot of hot air, talking about great things, but, you know, have with no action to back it up. Jesus comes not just talking about it, but demonstrating it. And that's what we see in this passage. Jesus demonstrating what that good news really is for us so that we understand this is not just abstract philosophy. This is the power of God's goodness reaching in to the most intractable, painful, dark, and even the most ordinary places of our life to heal, to reach, rescue, and renew our life. Could you use some of that in your life? Maybe you know somebody who could use some of that. This morning, we're going to talk about the gospel and how Jesus is demonstrating it right here. All right, let's start with um, this idea that Jesus reaches he rescues, and he renews. That, in essence, is the gospel, if you want to know what it is. If you had to share it with somebody, you'd say, it is the good news that God has come to reach us, to rescue us, and to renew us, that he has done it, he is doing it, and he will continue to do it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the way that God reaches us. Jesus reaches us in this passage. How does Jesus reach this woman and Jairus in the story? I want you just to look at this story for a moment and consider how he does it. Reflect on the story. Look at him. Look in your books. How does Jesus do it? I want to throw out a suggestion that even before he shows up to touch, to be touched or to touch, he is touched by the woman, the edge of his robe, and it makes more mentions of Jesus being touched than any other story. She touches his robe. He stops. Who touched me? He feels the power go out of him. Jesus is asked to go touch Jairus' daughter by laying on of his hands to raise her from the dead, and then later it confirms that he went and did that. But even before Jesus physically touched anybody, he had already reached the woman and Jairus. The question is, how did he do it? Because the question is, how did they even get there? Why were they there? Why are you here? Maybe you're here because you're like, a friend invited me, I don't know. Maybe you've got a situation in your life, and you've got kids, and you're like, it's time for us to get religion back in our family. Maybe you're just like, you know, it's been a while since I've gone to church. I'm back. Maybe this is your weekly routine, but I want to suggest that you are here because God has reached you and has got you here, and you didn't even know it. Watch. 
I want to show you how Jesus reached this one. Verse 27, let's see if you can find it. Look at verse 27 in your books. Here we go. Verse 27, let me just turn there for a second. Yeah. You ready for it? When she, what? Heard. Heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Now watch this. Uh, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Okay, can you see it? How did Jesus reach her before she even got there? She heard. Now, that sounds like really lame, doesn't it? Uh, That's not very fancy. That's not very spiritual. It's not very deep. I want to talk about the power of hearing truth. The power of hearing good news. The power of hearing good news is that it has the capacity to ignite something in us and stir us so that we have sufficient hunger or faith to position ourselves to experience with God what we have heard him do for other people. I want you to understand something. This is God's favorite way of working. If you want to get to know God, you got to know this. He loves to work this way. I don't know why, but he just loves that people go out and share their story, and he's just listening to us share our story about our favorite pizza. He's like, yeah. Okay, not the pizza, but you know, about him doing good things in our life, and he's watching something special happen. Now, we could unpack that at, at length, but I just want you to understand that's how he works. It says that she heard, and you can see right here in this simple verse that because she heard, do you see the faith in that verse? Where is the faith? Look at that verse again. Where is the faith? It's when she says what? I will be healed. Do you see it? Where did she get that idea? She got it from hearing other people's stories. Now, if you go back to Mark, I think it's 128, you will see Mark records that the healings that Jesus was doing, people started to spread the news throughout the entire region of Galilee, which if you go back to the front of your book, you'll see that whole region encompasses Capernaum, which is where Jesus is at. And the stories of Jesus healing people was igniting their imagination. Whoa, someone is healing, and it was starting to stir their faith. And this woman heard those stories, and she came with faith. That's how it works, my friends. Verse 33, look at this. The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Now let's ask a question. In this moment when Jesus stops, can you just imagine the father? His daughter's at the point of death and he's got Jesus. He can't believe it, but Jesus is gonna come with him. And they're walking to his home and then Jesus has this sort of like, this, this sort of ADD moment, you know? He just has this moment of total distraction where he's on a mission, but oh my gosh, squirrel. And this woman touches him and power flows, and he's, next thing you know, he's looking for who touched me, and you can see the incredulity in the disciples, right? Uh, incredulity. What the heck are you thinking? There you go, that's a definition. And the disciples are like, uh, Jesus, it's been a long day and the sun's hot today. Uh, everybody's touching you. And it looks like sort of a, an annoying distraction. 
Are we, do you get that? Can you imagine the pressure the father felt? Have you been in a moment under pressure and you just feel like, come on, God, where are you? I need you to show up. Have you ever felt that in your life? The desperation, God, show up. And you're just waiting and waiting and it's like, where is he? But what's interesting about this moment is we have to ask, why does Jesus stop to find the woman? Why does he do it? Yes, we'll talk about what it does for the woman in a minute, but what does it do for Jairus? I want to just throw out an idea. What Jesus does in this moment with the woman is for her, and we'll talk about that. But what if this moment is not just for her? What if this moment is for Jairus? You see where I'm going. Jesus knows what's about to happen, and he knows this father's daughter is closer to death than he realizes, and Jesus has paused the whole train and said, woman, share your story, because this guy, he's going to need some faith for what he's about to face. And he has this woman, which to Jairus feels like a terrible, distracting inconvenience, not realizing this distraction is for him. And when he looks at that woman, what does he say to her? Your faith has healed you. And then in the next breath, while people are telling Jairus, don't bother the teacher, she's dead, he looks at him and he has the ability to say to him, don't be afraid, just believe. Because what you just saw me do for her is for you too. Have you ever heard a story about God working in someone's life? Have you ever heard a miraculous story? of God doing something in your life and felt like, yeah, God does that for other people, but that's not for me? Have you ever felt that? Come on now, come on now. Have you ever had a moment where you've heard about God doing something amazing and thought to yourself, yeah, God, I believe you can do miracles. I believe that you can heal people, but you, would, you've, you wouldn't do that for me. That's what I think is this moment right here with Jairus and for us. That God uses our stories, our testimonies. First of all, the gospel is a message of truth that goes out to ignite our faith. And that gospel story is what he did on the cross, and it is what Jesus is continuing to do to reach into our life, and it's what Jesus wants to do for us this morning. He wants to ignite our faith. Let me just give one quick example. Verse 30, it says that Jesus felt power go out from him. That word for power in the Greek is dunamis. Does that word sound familiar in English? It's the word for dynamite. Think about it like this. When we hear stories of God at work on the cross, when we hear God, stories of God and Jesus at work in people's life, it is like the spark that ignites the fuse of faith to detonate and release the power of God in our life to destroy the work of the enemy that was meant for our destruction, to bring faith where there's fear, to bring healing where there's brokenness, and to bring life where there is death. I want you to think about that while I put out a little something. Uh, Romans 10:17 says this. You ready for it? Romans 10:17 says, so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. If you want to know how to increase your faith in God, then listen to stories of God's work. The first stories you should listen to are the stories in the Bible because they are stories meant to ignite your faith, to release the power of God in your life, to get you to corner piece and taste for yourself what other people have been talking about. But first, you and I have to overcome the doubt that what God has done for others, he will do for us. 
because we just write off God and we write off our own needs. So I wanted to take a stab at this. A few weeks ago, I asked people, how many people here have ever seen someone healed or have a story of healing in their life? And a lot of you raised your hand, so I want to try it again. How many people here have ever seen someone healed or have heard us or have witnessed a story of healing in their life? Raise your hand. It could be something, keep your hand up for a minute. It was either in your life or the life of someone next to you. Now, could you just keep your hand up, bring a story in particular to mind right now. You got one? Bring one to mind. It, it could be simple, heal the cold. Keep it up, okay? All right. Um, I want to invite someone who might come up and to share your story. Now, listen, come on up. Come on up. Now, all we want to hear is what was the healing. Just tell us in very simple terms. Let's give a round of applause. Come on. Oh. Because, I mean, this is what Jesus is doing. The crowd is probably like this, and he just brings her out of the crowd to share her story. Okay, what's your name? My name is Lori. Hi, Lori. All right, is this on? Hello, hello. Okay, you ready? Just ready. first, in 60 seconds or less, just tell us first what the healing was. Just describe it in very simple terms. Okay. The healing was that my little brand new daughter didn't have her ear on the bottom part of her ear. Okay. Um, tell us now... How did you see God's healing power in your, with your daughter? Um, when she was two years old, she got glasses, and she couldn't. Her glasses couldn't sit straight because there was no ear to hang mm. them on. So, I asked the Lord. I just whined, and I just said, "Lord." God's down with whining. He loves a mother. He he cannot resist a mother when she's crying out. Yeah. I said, Lord. She has nowhere to hang her glasses. And she was sitting on my lap when she was about three years old. It's probably a year later. And I looked at her, I looked at her head and I kept turning her head back and forth because she had an ear on both sides of her. She had I don't know when it She's my little darling with pierced earrings. And every time she wears her hair all up like that and everybody can see her ear, I just remember. So does Jesus still heal today? Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Um, well, I prayed this morning for the Lord just to put his hand on that story for someone to share and just, you know, I, that was totally spontaneous just to have her come up here. I don't think we've ever met before, have we? I just need to compose myself. <laughs> the good news is uh, that Jesus went to the cross and we'll see why the cross speaks to that healing specifically. But what Jesus did on the cross was a demonstration, a definitive de demonstration and declaration of who God is to us in every area of our life with every need from the beginning to the end of time. And what Jesus did on the cross was to release the power into our world 
to heal us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That immediate temptation we have when you hear a story like that is to go, well, that's for her. Did you feel it at all? Did you get tempted to think that that was for her and not for you? And I think we all get there. And that's not because it's theologically sound. That is because it is the voice of fear that we have learned to live with our whole lives that Jesus came to free us from. And that's why what Jesus does for Jairus is so important because in that moment, he looks to Jairus and we'll see what Jesus had to do for Jairus was just as important as what he did for that woman. He had to free him from the fear of death, the fear that his problem was beyond what Jesus could do. And that Jesus who was healing that woman that we're looking at in this story, that Jesus is in this room and he is ready to move on you and to release his power into you. Could you use some of that this morning? Now, I just want to put this out, let's go a step further. If, do you have an area in your life right now, you, let's keep it really simple, in your body right now where there is a place of brokenness or pain that needs healing, do you have a place like that in your body right now? And if you do, would you just put your hand up for a minute and just say, I have a place of pain that, man, if Jesus healed me right now, I would just be beside myself. Put your hand up. Okay, can you hold your hand up? Now, if your hand, while your hand is up, would you mind if we just... If the person next to you put a hand on your shoulder, would you be okay with that? Can I get a big yes from everybody? Yes. Okay, I'm assuming we're all in that together. Okay, put a hand on their shoulder. Let's pray right now, just for a moment. Let's all just together, just do one simple thing. I just want us all, just for a moment, to picture this moment where this woman reaches out and touches the hem of his robe. She doesn't get his permission. He doesn't look at her and say, be healed. She just touched his cloak. Now, I want you just to hear these words very clearly. Just listen while we lay a hand on the shoulder. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And Jesus realized that his power had gone out. And so, Jesus, we pray now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified and resurrected to break the power of sickness, sin, and death. We just declare your healing power over every body right now in this room that is asking for healing. We pray for your healing power to flow through us, Lord, to be released into those bodies, into those places of pain. And we just pray now in Jesus' name, be healed in Jesus' name by the love of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We bless you. May his healing fill your whole body. Amen. 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 Okay, listen. Um, if you got prayed for, I've had people not feel anything right away. I had a guy come back to me two weeks later and go, I just didn't believe it. It happened in the moment. I wouldn't believe it. So I didn't want to say anything because I did the whole thing. Of, hey, share. Anyone feel it? Well, I'll ask. Did anybody feel a change in their body? Well, let's just put it out there. Anybody feel a change in their body? You did? Put your hand up. One. Anybody else feel any kind of change? And if you didn't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Number two, a little bit. A little bit. Okay, a little bit. Yeah, there. Okay. All right. Um, 
Let's thank the Lord. Lord, I just thank you for what they're already feeling, and we just pray that you bring it to completion. Lord, thank you that your healing power it doesn't depend on what we feel. It's, it works in ways that are hidden that we can't see and feel in, uh, in Jesus' name. Yeah, this guy, uh, two weeks later, so I just started riding my bike, and the pain in my knee was gone. It was just gone. I just rode 60 miles with no pain. So I got to come and just tell you honestly, I didn't believe in, that God would heal me, but I have to just be honest, he did. He healed me. It took faith to admit it, even though he felt it. Isn't that fascinating? All right, come back and tell me later if you guys, what you see God doing. But let's move on. So Jesus reaches into our life. He reaches into our life physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Second, he rescues us. He rescues us. Jesus doesn't just reach he rescues. He doesn't just show up with a lot of compassion. He has the power to back up the full depth of his compassion for us. Isn't that wonderful? It's great when someone cares. Isn't it better when someone cares and can do something about it? Isn't that the best? Now, that is the best. All right? And that's what Jesus can do. How does he rescue people? He rescues people in three ways. Number one, he heals the woman's body of bleeding. He frees Jairus from the fear of death. And he raises the girl from the dead. And what it, Mark is demonstrating is the extremity of his healing power, but don't be deceived. Just because these are dramatic stories, Mark is trying to show you can't throw anything crazy enough at Jesus. You don't got an ear? Pray to me, and God's saying, pray to me and let me do something you can't believe. I mean, there's no story in the Bible of someone getting an ear. None. Not one story in the entire Bible. How wonderful is that? Not one. Now listen, it includes the silly little simple things, the sniffles, the ache, the little things in our life that you feel like are too big for God to care about. Remember, Jesus is the one who has every hair in our head counted. He, nothing is too small and nothing is too big. In fact, I would encourage you, start with the little things. Pray for the little things and ask the Lord to give you faith for the little things so that he can build up your faith for the big ones. But don't be deceived. Little or big, he's got it all. Now, let's talk about the gospel because the rescuing, we got to talk about how these actions reflect Jesus' work on the cross. Listen to this, Isaiah 53, four or 500 years before Jesus. Listen to what Isaiah wrote. He wrote, the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Isaiah is looking ahead to the time hundreds of years later when Jesus would walk the earth and his words are meant to prepare the world to recognize God in the way that he would come to save us. Not to save us from the Romans, not the way we had hoped, but in a way we never even dreamed was possible. Watch. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Our disfigurements. All the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. Now here's the line. Let's read it out loud together. Can you read that? Here we go. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. This is the gospel. The gospel is... The good news that Jesus, on the cross, absorbed into his body 
the physical brokenness of our lives, the emotional brokenness. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And the spiritual brokenness of our separation from God, our struggle with believing that God's goodness is sufficient for our life. Yeah, all that, Jesus absorbed it, the full brunt of our physical pain, our grief, our sin, and he absorbed it into himself on the cross, which is why he had to die. Because like a sponge, he had to soak it up into his body, into his emotions, and into his spirit, because he's just that big. And Jesus was able to absorb all of our sin, all of our pain, so that our pain, our sin, would not be the final statement over our life. Now watch the story. Look, go back to the story and watch how Jesus is doing this. Watch very carefully. Jesus heals the bleeding woman. Why can he do that? Because he's awesome? Because he's just charismatic? Because he had rad shoes and this looked good? No, because on the cross, he bled for her. He frees Jairus from the fear of death because on the cross, Jesus overcame his own fear of death. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. Jesus raises the girl from the dead because on the cross, Jesus put to death, put death to death, and he rose from the dead. Understand something. The reason why Jesus can heal and move powerfully in our physical, emotional, and spiritual lives is because what Jesus did on the cross covered the full range of our brokenness so that nothing is outside the reach of his love for you. That is the gospel. And that's why he could look at Jairus facing his daughter's death and say to him, don't be afraid, believe. And he could say to a crowd, she's just asleep. Think about for a minute what it was like for that father to be told, don't be afraid, and that whole walk, can you imagine that whole journey to his home? The news has hit him like a thunderclap, like a bomb going off in his heart, and the unthinkable happens. His daughter is dead, and Jesus is walking with him to his home, and all he can think about is just, can you just picture him? Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid. And he's probably just like trying to find some kind of air in that suffocating moment where it must have felt like death had its grip on him by the throat. Can you relate to that? Think about the passing of time, that interim of time, where Jesus made a promise and his girl was raised, that period in between where he can't see it, he just has to trust. What is that speaking to in our life? It speaks to the fact that in the end, we are all gonna die. Your children are going to die. You're going to die. We are all going to die. But what Jesus has come to do is because everyone in that story died. That girl eventually died. So did that father. But what Jesus did on the cross was so powerful. It was even more powerful than raising a girl from the dead. His work on the cross made it so that when we die, every one of us who put our trust in him will be raised from the dead to eternal life. Yeah. And that when we look at someone in our life who has died, the word of Christ to you is, 
they are only asleep. And I know it feels like a long wait, but they're going to rise again. No one else has the right to say that to us but Jesus. And maybe some of us in this room need a renewed faith and hope, and even in that dark place. Maybe you've lost somebody. They weren't healed and they died, and you're carrying grief. And maybe this morning is about the healing of your heart like Jairus, that your loved one is not dead, they're only asleep. Could you use some of that? I want to invite the band to come out. And in a minute, I'm going to give us a chance to receive that gospel. If you've never received Jesus as the Savior of your life and allowed the good news of his death and resurrection for you to restore you and your life, then I'm going to give you a chance. But as the band comes out, I just want you to ask yourself, where could you use the power of God's goodness in your life? Where do you feel the need for him to renew you? to reach into your life, to rescue you, and renew you. Maybe for you it's physical. Maybe for some of us it's emotional. But maybe for some of us it's spiritual. And this morning, Jesus wants to heal your doubt and your unbelief that there is a loving God who is more than a God. He is your Father, and He loves you. You were made for a relationship with Him. And this morning, He's ready to bring you home into his family, if you will let him. Let's take a moment. If you raise your hand before we leave, if you raise your hand, do me a favor. Would you tell someone why you raised your hand and what it meant for you? And secondly, if you have ever committed your life to Jesus and have not done so yet, come on up. We got Orville and the whole prayer team. We got Wendy. We got a, we got a power team up here. Come on up. Let them pray for you. And we have a free gift for you. Receive that gift. If you raise your hand today, come up, let someone pray for you and receive our gift. If you need prayer, if you need healing for some kind of pain in your body or for a loved one in your life, come up, let us pray with you and, and help build up your faith for what God is doing in your life. Come on up, let us pray for you. God bless you. Have a great week.